Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truth and true essence of sin. There is no sin in being tempted, only in giving in to the temptation. Jesus can identify with my temptations and my weaknesses because he knows all things and he went through all things. Jesus is our sympathetic high priest then, who can sympathize with our weaknesses. That's such a great truth for you and I to know. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Scripture says we have a high priest in Christ who can identify with us. But how is that possible if Jesus couldn't sin? That's the question Pastor Xavier explores as he takes us on a deeper tour of the Gospel of Luke. Turn in your Bible to chapter 4 as we join him for an important look at the life of the Savior in today's Simple Truth study titled, The Temptation of Jesus, Part 1. Luke chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. Jesus has been baptized by John. The Holy Spirit has descended upon him in the form of a dove, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is literally driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil. Matthew 4, 1, Mark 1, 12, Luke 4, 21 through 22, and 4, 1, all recorded. Now, some people think that Satan is um, an invention of Christians, but um, he's as real as you and I. Make no mistake that Satan is real. He is alive. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. He's the ruler and God of this world, according to the words of Jesus and Paul in John 12, 31, and 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan is a rebellious enemy of God, a usurper who has threatened to dethrone God, and it's recorded for us in Isaiah. Just listen to what he says, Isaiah 6, 12 through 17. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider and say, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? He's a real person. He's booted out of heaven. He's rebelled against God. He will live eternally in the lake of fire under God's judgment. There will be no redemption for him. And he's the one that's trying to destroy and to take as many people to hell and the lake of fire with him as possible. What we want to do is study the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness by Satan to make some very important observations in order to gain insight as to what exactly happened when Jesus was tempted. The temptations of Jesus is recorded in the three synoptic gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So we want to ask four questions about the temptation of Jesus regarding this section. First, how was Jesus tempted? Second, why did Jesus 
have to be tempted. Third, who was tempted? Fourth, what were the weapons of Jesus to resist the temptation? Let's begin here with the first question. How was Jesus tempted? The book of Hebrews, in chapter 4, verse 15, tells us the extent of which Jesus was tempted. We are told and we're to understand that Jesus was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Don't miss that. In every area, level, and way and manner of temptation that might come and by which man can and will forever be tempted, Jesus was tempted so that no one can say, you don't understand, Jesus. The word tempted, as you know, means to test or to try. There is no sin in being tempted, only in giving in to the temptation. That is the reason why the first part of the same verse of Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus can identify with my temptations and my weaknesses. Each of us are different. What may be a temptation to me is not to you. What is a temptation to you may not be to me. What is a constant struggle and intense warfare to me or to you? Jesus can understand when others will not. He always understands because he knows all things and he went through all things. Therefore, we're to come boldly unto the throne of grace, Hebrews 4.16, the next verse says, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is our sympathetic high priest then, who can sympathize with our weaknesses. Man will only be able to do this sometimes, not all the times. Sometimes we will not be able to understand why, and we, we get frustrated with them or disgusted with them. And some of that may be necessary and true in some cases. But when we don't understand and it's legitimate, God understands when you go to him. That's such a great, great truth for you and I to know. The temptations that befell Jesus can be put into three categories. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life that is recorded in 1 John 2.16. Jesus was first tempted in the area of the physical in verse 3 and 4. The desire of the flesh, the body, as the devil said, if you be the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, there was nothing wrong with Jesus eating. That wasn't the problem. But the areas of the physical has many things that can complicate and destroy our lives in this world, as you know. Yet eating can be a great problem, just basic eating, because we eat more than we need, or we eat the wrong foods. Now, it's not going to send you to hell, it's just going to send you to heaven earlier. That's all, okay? There is the area of clothing, materialism, sexuality, etc. You fill in the blank. We live in a material world. Everything around us wants to grab us and to demand of us and to tell us that we need it, we want it, and we can have it. Jesus next, in verse 5 and 8, notice, 5 to 8, was tempted in the area of the soul, 
the desires of the eye, as the devil took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and he declared all authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. The soul comprises of the intellect, the emotion, and the wills, as you know. The emotions conflict our intellect and will to do wrong when we know what is right in order to satisfy or gratify or to advantage ourselves. This is our sin nature. It's our compulsion. Then Jesus was then tempted in the area of the spirit, the third one. The desire of pride, the pride of life in verse 9 through 12. As the devil brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord Yahweh your God. Verses 9 through 12. He's quoting Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. This implies and includes to pass ourselves off to be more spiritual than we really are, the pride of life. Today, with the social media, everybody's living a dream. They're all stars. Look at me. Pride of life. That's our flesh. Now, the man Adam and the woman Eve were tempted in the very same way, the very same three areas. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, appealing to the body senses, being captivated. The entire purpose of advertising is to convince you that you need what is being presented. Then, to persuade you to get it. The boys on Madison Avenue over there, they, they know what they're doing. They spend billions to make trillions. It works. You know, it's like those things late at night. You get this chopper and for $19.99. And if you call right now, you get two of them. And, and, and you say, man, I'm going to get it. It works. Secondly, the fruit was pleasant to the eye in Genesis 3.6. The appeal is to the soul, being allured, first captivated, then its allurement. The confliction of the intellect and will comes through the emotions. When you can analyze something intellectually in a controlled environment, a classroom or something, you're not in it emotionally. You're, it's cool and calm. But when you're in the mix with emotions and adrenaline, that's a whole different thing. You can go through all kinds of things knowing what you would do if someone would pull a gun on you. But then when someone pulls a gun on you, that's a real test. Whether you will do what you've practiced and said you will do, it's a whole different ballgame. You see, the fruit was pleasant to the eye, the appeal to the soul, the allurement, bringing her and us to be slaves to the physical wants of the body. To live for the body. Yet the body is just a body in itself, but it's our fallen nature. 
through our intellect, emotion, and the will. Then thirdly, the tree to desire to make one wise was the appeal to the spirit, being deceived because the spirit brings union with God. To rebel against that is disunion, separation from God. The spirit is what makes us one with God. This body is physical. It'll go back to the ground. My soul, intellect, emotion, and will. And third, my spirit, that's the real me. Being born again, the spirit's alive. That's what makes me one with God. I have fellowship with him. The spiritual deception is to be like God, to know more or better than God. Has God said you will die? Creating doubt. Every human being is tempted in these three areas. There is no exception or exemption to anybody. Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truth and true essence of sin. There is no sin in being tempted, only in giving in to the temptation. Jesus can identify with my temptations and my weaknesses because he knows all things and he went through all things. Jesus is our sympathetic high priest then, who can sympathize with our weaknesses. That's such a great truth for you and I to know. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Scripture says we have a high priest in Christ who can identify with us. But how is that possible if Jesus couldn't sin? That's the question Pastor Xavier explores as he takes us on a deeper tour of the Gospel of Luke. Turn in your Bible to chapter 4 as we join him for an important look at the life of the Savior in today's Simple Truth study titled, The Temptation of Jesus, Part 1. Luke chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. Jesus has been baptized by John. The Holy Spirit has descended upon him in the form of a dove. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is literally driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil. Matthew 4, 1, Mark 1, 12, Luke 4, 21 through 22, and 4, 1, all recorded. Now, some people think that Satan is um, an invention of Christians. But um, he's as real as you and I. Make no mistake that Satan is real. He is alive. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. He's the ruler and God of this world, according to the words of Jesus and Paul in John 12, 31, and 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan is a rebellious enemy of God, a usurper who has threatened to dethrone God and it's recorded for us in Isaiah. Just listen to what he says, Isaiah 6, 12 through 17. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider and say, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? 
who did not open the house of his prisoners. He's a real person. He's booted out of heaven. He's rebelled against God. He will live eternally in the lake of fire under God's judgment. There will be no redemption for him. And he's the one that's trying to destroy and to take as many people to hell and the lake of fire with him as possible. What we want to do is study the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness by Satan to make some very important observations in order to gain insight as to what exactly happened when Jesus was tempted. The temptations of Jesus is recorded in the three synoptic gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So we want to ask four questions about the temptation of Jesus regarding this section. First, how was Jesus tempted? Second, why did Jesus have to be tempted? Third, who was tempted? Fourth, what were the weapons of Jesus to resist the temptation? Let's begin here with the first question. How was Jesus tempted? The book of Hebrews, in chapter 4, verse 15, tells us the extent of which Jesus was tempted. We are told and we're to understand that Jesus was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Don't miss that. In every area, level, and way and manner of temptation that might come and by which man can and will forever be tempted, Jesus was tempted. So that no one can say, you don't understand, Jesus. The word tempted, as you know, means to test or to try. There is no sin in being tempted, only in giving in to the temptation. That is the reason why the first part of the same verse of Hebrews 4.15 says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus can identify with my temptations and my weaknesses. Each of us are different. What may be a temptation to me is not to you. What is a temptation to you may not be to me. What is a constant struggle and intense warfare to me or to you, Jesus can understand when others will not. He always understands because he knows all things and he went through all things. Therefore, we're to come boldly unto the throne of grace, Hebrews 4.16, the next verse says, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is our sympathetic high priest then, who can sympathize with our weaknesses. Man will only be able to do this sometimes, not all the times. Sometimes we will not be able to understand why, I, I, and we, we get frustrated with them or disgusted with them. And some of that may be necessary and true in some cases. But when we don't understand and it's legitimate, God understands when you go to him. That's such a great, great truth for you and I to know. The temptations that befell Jesus can be put into three categories. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life that is recorded in 1 John 2.16. Jesus was first tempted in the area of the physical in verse 3 and 4. The desire of the flesh, the body, 
as the devil said, if you be the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, there was nothing wrong with Jesus eating. That wasn't the problem. But the areas of the physical has many things that can complicate and destroy our lives in this world, as you know. Yet eating can be a great problem, just basic eating, because we eat more than we need, or we eat the wrong foods. Now, it's not going to send you to hell. It's just going to send you to heaven earlier. That's all, okay? There is the area of clothing, materialism, sexuality, etc. You fill in the blank. We live in a material world. Everything around us wants to grab us and to demand of us and to tell us that we need it, we want it, and we can have it. Jesus next, in verse 5 and 8, notice, 5 to 8, was tempted in the area of the soul, the desires of the eye, as the devil took him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and he declared all authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. The soul comprises of the intellect, the emotion, and the wills, as you know. The emotions conflict our intellect and will to do wrong when we know what is right in order to satisfy or gratify or to advantage ourselves. This is our sin nature. It's our compulsion. Then Jesus was then tempted in the area of the spirit, the third one. The desire of pride, the pride of life in verse 9 through 12. As the devil brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord Yahweh your God. Verses 9 through 12. He's quoting Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. This implies and includes to pass ourselves off to be more spiritual than we really are, the pride of life. Today, with the social media, everybody's living a dream. They're all stars. Look at me. Pride of life. That's our flesh. Now, the man Adam and the woman Eve were tempted in the very same way, the very same three areas. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, appealing to the body senses, being captivated. The entire purpose of advertising is to convince you that you need what is being presented. Then to persuade you to get it. The boys on Madison Avenue over there, they, they know what they're doing. They spend billions to make trillions. It works. You know, it's like those things late at night. You get this chopper and for $19.99. And if you call right now, you get two of them. And, and, and you say, man, I'm going to get it. It works. Secondly, the fruit was pleasant to the eye in Genesis 3.6. The appeal is to the soul 
being allured, first captivated, then its allurement. The confliction of the intellect and will comes through the emotions. When you can analyze something intellectually in a controlled environment, a classroom or something, you're not in it emotionally. You're, it's cool and calm. But when you're in the mix with emotions and adrenaline, that's a whole different thing. You can go through all kinds of things knowing what you would do if someone would pull a gun on you. But then when someone pulls a gun on you, that's a real test. Whether you will do what you practice and said you will do, it's a whole different ballgame. You see, the fruit was pleasant to the eye, the appeal to the soul, the allurement, bringing her and us to be slaves to the physical wants of the body, to live for the body. Yet the body is just a body in itself, but it's our fallen nature through our intellect, emotion, and the will. Then thirdly, the tree to desire to make one wise was the appeal to the spirit, being deceived because the spirit brings union with God. To rebel against that is disunion, separation from God. The spirit is what makes us one with God. This body is physical. It'll go back to the ground. My soul, intellect, emotion, and will. And third, my spirit, that's the real me. Being born again, the spirit's alive. That's what makes me one with God. I have fellowship with him. The spiritual deception is to be like God, to know more or better than God. Has God said you will die? Creating doubt. Every human being is tempted in these three areas. There is no exception or exemption to anybody.